Welcome to Thinking Like a Lawyer with your hosts, Ellie Mistal and Joe Patrice, talking about legal news and pop culture, all while thinking like a lawyer, here on Legal Talk Network. Hello, welcome to another edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law. I am joined by Catherine Rubino, my co-worker and fellow senior editor and person who, if you listen to all of the Above the Law podcasts, <laughs> know, thinks that I have an annoying voice. I so. did not. That's not what I said. Mm. That is not what I said. So I now, said you had a distinctive voice, which is accurate. It's like your calling card. Oh, Okay. I, I suppose that's fair. Um, anyway, uh, we'll just leave it to the rest of you to go through the <laughs> Above the Law podcast annals to figure Family out where of, this came yeah. at, came in. Uh, that'll be uh, an Easter egg for you all. You have a very, very clear voice. Mm. Mm. Well, I guess what we should do is we're going to have a lot of talk today about business of law and the ways in which the legal industry is trending right now because sure we is. had a real turn, I think it's fair to say, over the last week. And, you know, it would be. Which Yeah, this is what we call very busy times here at Above the Law. Exactly. You know, we. There, there's not too much that really happens that I would consider urgent at above the law, you know, things that we get in and we kind of feverishly are like, get it up, get it up, get it up as quickly as possible. We'll edit it later. But uh, bonuses. Yeah, that, that's, it, first of all, I take great umbrage at what you're saying. Everything <laughs> that I put up is of critical value. But uh, Sure, value, but not urgency, perhaps. Mm, perhaps enough. there's a distinction there between, we'll see, because I'm a writer, so the words that I choose are, are pretty important. Oh, yes, though, that's fair. So the, <laughs> yes, so we are in the middle of what we're going to term um, the COVID-19 bonus wars. Yeah, that's what I've certainly been calling it. Yeah. So how should I put this? So let's let's do this chronologically. Sure. Um, Cooley, uh, LLP, yes. put out uh, its key distinction to keep it separate from the Cooley Law School, law school sure, which is sure. a very different animal. Uh, but Cooley LLP began by issuing some bonuses. So talk us through Correct. what they did. Um, they issued bonuses, I believe it was um, 4500 through 7500 um, for senior associates um, based on year and their COVID-19 appreciation bonuses. Uh, thank you very much. You've been working very hard, very diligently during a very trying time. Here's a special thank you. Cooley also noted um, in something that has become a trend, made it clear that these were in addition to the end of the year bonuses, which is our other very busy time of year at Above the Law. And they also committed to making sure that their bonus pool, the amount that they will give per year, will be no less than what they offered last year. Mm, so it's important. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. There, there was, of course, a fear that even if somebody offered something here, that it would trade, trade off. off. Yeah, of course, of course. And um, they also gave bonuses of an unclear amount, but there were bonuses as well that went to staff members at Cooley, which is also awesome. Yeah, and we'll we'll be talking a little bit more about this in a bit, but. This is a marked contrast because what we had been seeing, right? I think this the sto the most popular story immediately prior to that was about layoffs, <laughs> right? So what we 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 had been seeing is one of two things going into this Cooley move. We had seen some firms expressing their strength in the COVID times mm -hmm. by reversing salary cuts, saying that we had we we pulled back because we weren't sure we could afford it, but looks like we're doing okay. We're going to restore your salary. 
And then the other was people who were unable to do that and some bad, you know, and things were getting more permanent, furloughs were becoming layoffs, et cetera. Well, and to, if, I, if I just might, um, I would say that there isn't a clean distinction between those two camps. We were seeing folks who were rolling back associate pay cuts, but also doing layoffs or extending furloughs for their staff members. And I think that what really we're seeing is um, – because even firms that did had no austerity measures were still taking the opportunity to redo their staffing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that is you know topic two. If you look at your agenda, so you're no, you're not anywhere near that. So I don't know why you're you're wasting all your uh, your energy now. I just wanted a more complete picture. Oh, okay. I just want Fine. everyone to. I just feel I like. Do, I mean, it, I it, does anybody listen, read these sheets? Listen. These agendas that I slave over and put together. First agenda you've done in mm. 2020. Let's let's be clear. It's not. Uh, it's false. It see, see, this is a sign that you aren't reading these things. <laughs> if I if I wanted a co-host who didn't read any of the agendas. Ellie could come. I back. read 100 percent more <laughs> agendas than Ellie ever did. Fair enough. <laughs> no uh, shade. Anyway, I, a little bit of shade. It's just I, you know, I mean, we ha- we have a plan here, and I'm mm. worried that you aren't you aren't following it. Mm. You know what else I'm worried about? I'm worried about contract deadlines. Contract tools by Paper Software is the most powerful, versatile, and fully featured Microsoft Word add-in for contracts. For less than a dollar a day, contract tools can help you navigate complex legalese, fix common contract drafting problems, and much more. See for yourself with a seven-day free trial. Go to papersoftware.com forward slash trial and get started today. So Cooley issued these bonuses with the highest bonus available to the most senior mm-hmm. person of around $7,500, right. which is which is wonderful. Uh and then Davis Polk, another law firm, uh, decided to blow that up. Out of the water. Just, just. Out of the water. Uh, I mean, I, I guess we don't really know, uh, kind of internal to DPW, what was going on and, and how long they'd been planning these before they made the announcement. But shortly after the, I think it was the next day, it was your story, right? It was like the following day, um, DPW came up, came out and completely obliterated the scale. Yeah, so Davis Polk came out and decided that uh, 7,500 sounded like a very good number for their first years. (laughs) Uh, So the first year associates are going to be getting 7,500 as a special bonus, and it moves up from there to the most senior associates getting forty grand as a as a COVID appreciation bonus. And again, this is in addition to. End of the year bonuses, correct? Right. Also, also clarifying that end of the year bonuses will be a thing, and that mm-hmm. they do not see any scenario in which those will be less than they were last year. So, you're looking at a situation, uh, if that is true, that the first years are going to take home at least twenty two and a half grand in bonuses this year on mm-hmm. top of their salary. Which, you know, we we were very nervous. Obviously, the economy is in all sorts of shambles. But I mean, I think this really underscores that when it comes to big law and the super elite who are mostly working with financial clients, mm-hmm. that divide that we have in the country right now between Wall Street going gangbusters while nobody has a job, which is a bizarre uh, divide, but it's nonetheless one that we're we're Real. seeing <laughs> every day. Uh, unemployment will top a million a week and the stock market will go up another 200 points. But it does mean that those firms that do a lot of work that rests on banks and financial institutions, 
are not feeling the economy in the same way that other folks are. And that means that folks like Davis Polk are in a position to actually be walking out of this crisis in great financial shape. Yeah, and and if we can kind of pause the timeline for a moment Mm -hmm. right here, sort of after the bombshell of the DPW announcement, talking to a lot of sources at a variety of big law firms, I think that we're getting a bunch of different reactions from people kind of at, at firms. Firms that are traditionally the leaders of the compensation pack, people who consider themselves the top, the best of the best in big law, there's very much a sense of anticipation. Uh, Mm -hmm. When, not if, but when the firm will meet these bonus numbers. Some are even saying that they wouldn't be surprised because it were kind of in the end of the year if they rolled in those special bonuses with the end of the year announcements, particularly at firms that uh, make the payments in 2020 as opposed to 2021. Mm -hmm. Um, That may happen, but there's there's a sense of anticipation and wondering. And and there is also, I guess, wondering for other firms, but there's kind of that mid-bracket where folks are are wondering, you know, can my firm match this? Well, yeah. You know, um, is this is this where we're going to draw the line between the truly, you know, they're, they're, figuring out and defining who's the best of the best in law firms is always kind of a crapshoot, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you know, this one has has a slightly more attorneys, but less on average profits per attorney. How how much does all this really matter? Who knows? Both sets of partners coming are going home with fourth million dollars a year. Who cares, right? Um, and I think that kind of figuring all that out can be a little bit tricky. And this might be a pretty clear line in the sand to say these are the folks that that do have the cash and are, you know very ready to meet the demands of the market. And then we have others who are happy to be around. Yeah, I I think that's I think that's definitely going to be true. And that tracks what we've seen for the last several years. Mm-hmm. The Citigroup private bank sure. has this law firm index where they track law firm financials. And we've seen for quite a few quarters now that there is a have, it's getting richer. <laughs> haves versus have nots divide mm-hmm. happening where mm-hmm. the top 20 to 25 law firms are pulling away from everyone else. Mm -hmm. Now, that said, I will be interested to see how this turns out because of the point I made a few minutes ago. Those with heavy financial sector books seem like they're going to be doing much better than people who do other stuff. So I'm interested to see what happens to their law firms that are based on the West Coast that we think of as part of the elite tier, but who get a lot of money from tech organizations, stuff like that, sectors of the economy that are not doing as gangbusters as mm-hmm. banks. And I will be interested to see if there's a, if that's a, a client gap. composition. Yeah, that, that, and that would be slightly different than our usual elite mm-hmm. versus non-elite. Uh, sure. But if they join, then I think you're definitely right that it becomes just a pure elite versus non-elite. I, as to the next point you made, which is who's making the moves, this is an industry that for most of our lives has been entirely dominated by a questionably uh, collusionary, uh, (laughs) questionably collusive worldview of we just let Cravath tell us what we're going to pay everybody and then we pay everybody Sometimes other firms go first. Very rarely. And and to the extent that that's the world we've tended to live in, this is a big, uh, big move for mm-hmm. Davis Polk to move first and to force everyone to follow. The firm that immediately followed them, of course, was Millbank. Yep. 
who, which is the firm that moved the last time when it came to salaries. Sure, and uh, and if you recall, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a bit of the the, the nuance and the minutia of it, but the Millbank uh, salary move it was in 2018 uh, was. A, Cravath came over the top when it came to seniors, so yes. mid-level and senior associates, offering the same, you know, sort of for first, I think, through fourth years, and then giving more to associates then and uh, in the higher levels. And Millbank happily met those added numbers, but it was it was kind of stealing the thunder <laughs> of of Millbank in a lot of ways, right? It wasn't just the Millbank raises; it was the Millbank slash Cravath scale. Um, and so I, I think that uh, Millbank moving as quickly as they did. I think it was the very next day um, that that Milbank was ready to come with the full match of the DPW scale. First of all, I think it the more folks who are able to fall onto the scale, the less likely there is another competitor who re-raises the scale. Yeah. But which is a trend we saw last time. We, right, we right. felt like the faster people jumped on the last round of salary increases, mm-hmm. the less likely. And then it turned out that sure it that we were wrong. Anyway. It turned yeah. it turned out we were wrong. But I I do think that um, that re raise was specific to just the mid senior and, mm-hmm. and senior associates. And I think that it was more of an issue on trying to maintain folks who have other options potentially, um, and trying to prevent people from lateraling away from firms, mm-hmm. um, and even just other opportunities in house or or you know other places that they can fall to because it wasn't you know first years got the same amount of money no matter where they were second years got the same amount of money so i think that it was a little bit more nuanced and exactly what they were what the firms were trying to do by having that higher scale for senior associates yeah no definitely and they're not the only ones who who matched the salary the boutique law firm houston hennigan also um the next day matched the salaries and they also gave staff bonuses as well it's actually their second round of staff bonuses mid-spring they gave thousand dollar bonuses to every staff member and a five hundred dollar tech allowance in addition to their normal tech money and and tech uh, resources to their associates in order to and and again that is very much in line with what houston hennigan does uh their end of the year bonuses tend to outperform the big law market but you know that's sort of one of the benefits of being a smaller boutique, you have less folks to pay. So <laughs> so perhaps you can be a little bit more generous, particularly if, if everyone is is productive. Yeah. So it seems like some of these firms are having a pretty good go of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that brings you to the question, how have law firms weathered previous economic downturns and come out stronger on the other side? LexisNexis Interaction has released an in-depth global research report confronting the 2020 downturn, lessons learned during previous economic crises. Download your free copy at interaction.com slash like a lawyer to see tips, strategies, plans, and statistics from leaders who have been through this before and how they've reached success again. That was pretty smooth. Yeah. and it, I mean, it, I can only tell because you had a little like smirk on your face that it, we were about to go into an What is this? this? It's just this constant attack, not reading the agendas, making fun of my voice. Not, like, none smirks. of these things are attacks. All First right. of all, sometimes you just got to say what you got to say. <laughs> mm. It's not an attack. It's a description of the status quo. Anyway. Mm. Mm. So on the flip side of right. these firms, let's talk about firms that have been doing things that are indicative of not 
weathering this economic crisis nearly as well. And you previewed this for us graciously a few minutes ago, <laughs> but let's go through Why don't you jump sure. on this again and focusing on, in particular, a firm with some really bad news this week. Yeah, um, Winston and Strawn uh, had some, some layoffs, both on the associate and staff level. They're actually, I think, laid off most of their staff, but they're reforming a new resource center, and there are apparently jobs available that people can reapply for and um, test for. That's one of the some of the sources at the firm have said uh, that you would have to test into these new positions. So you let's kind of put a, a pause into the question of staff layoffs because I think that those are not always indicative of dire financial issues uh, or even any financial issues. Uh, oftentimes, I think that staff um, reorganizations um, are. I, I think that there's a way that the way that big law has staffed supporting roles was largely unchanged uh, with the advent of a whole bunch of technology, including, you know, the computer, <laughs> right? So I, th- I think that in a lot of ways, it's it's very much due. So let's, let's kind of put that to the side for a moment and say that, you know, this is not the first set of associate layoffs we've heard about during the pandemic. Um, I doubt it'll be the last set of associate layoffs. Those are th- sorts of things that are not particularly well publicized, but you get enough sources um, that we can really put together a pretty clear picture of what happens. I believe at Winston, it was about 10% of the associates. And yeah. so that's it's not encouraging. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was productivity based is what we're hearing um, as opposed to performance based, meaning there wasn't enough work to go around. Right unclear at this point um, if particular groups were hit harder than others or if particular years were hit worse than others, but it seems to very much be based on the inability to keep those attorneys that they've hired busy. Yeah. It's unfortunate, and it it, it does lend some credence to what we were talking about earlier, that there Mm -hmm. might be firms that have a different melange of business that are going to be hit a little bit harder. But, you know, it's horrible news, you know, and it We've also thought that there are some firms that are overall economically stressed that this could hurt. But this is an AMLA 50 firm. Right. I mean, this is number 40. Yeah. Uh, so your top 40 countdown begins with uh, layoffs. With the layoffs. So yeah. it's not it's not encouraging. Uh, this is not the only bad news we had this week. We also had uh, some Baker Donaldson news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the Baker Donaldson is – there. they were just slightly different. I, they're not going to have people – fired uh it doesn't appear but it's still not good they're going they just told everybody that the salary cuts that they put in place for the pandemic are going to stay in effect while so many not everyone but so many other mm-hmm. people are pulling back and saying hey it's been rough but at least we can start paying you again they wanted everyone to know that that's not going to happen there uh and it gives the associates some guidance on how they can start working more and maybe get back some of the money they were supposed to be paid in, in the, the first, first place, instance, yeah. uh, which is not yeah. great, yeah. Uh, not encouraging. Not encouraging. Um, and, you know, the the staffing news is also bad, especially for those that find themselves out of work in the middle of a pandemic, right? But some of the biggest names in big law cut staff positions, Skadden, Cleary, both big, very big names, um, have recently done away with staff positions. And again, as I said earlier, you know, there might be uh, plenty of, of reasons to do it that aren't just financial problems at the firm. But obviously, I think that 
people losing jobs during a pandemic is crappy. Um, I think it sucks if that's if you're impacted by that. Um, and I think that the economic downturn has allowed a lot of firms to kind of take a harder look as to what their expenses really are and how much of those expenses they really need. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I mean, it- Winston said of their staff reorganization that it was years in the making. And that seems likely because, you know, they are radically altering the way that they're staffing support roles. And that's true, but ha- launching that in the in the middle of COVID, not great. Yeah, it it's problematic, and it, this is this was true of the last economic downturn too. Mm-hmm. It's somewhat perverse that we have these institutions that sit on long trends. You know, mm-hmm. we need to reorient how we staff because we can outsource this, or we need no to people reorient. People can use this. a computer at their desk, right? <laughs> we, we need to make these long term changes, but they feel obligated to not make those changes because uh, we can afford to keep these people on in good times. Right. And then it's only when it's bad times that those people get cut loose, which is unfortunate and perverse because in the good times, those folks would have, have an opportunity. opportunity to go get something else. Yeah. And now you've cut them loose in the middle of the biggest economic crisis since, you know, since FDR. Yeah. And yeah, it's um, not great. like, and I say it that way because I think people need to internalize how ridiculous that sentence is, like right. how long we're talking about. So right. it's on, it, it always happens this way. And it's, mm-hmm. it's too bad. Now, I don't want to like you don't want to sound like the person who says law firms need to do a better job about laying people off routinely. Uh, like that, that's not a great way to sound. But sure. But in good, in good times, uh, law firms let a lot of the sort of inefficiencies build up, and who and it doesn't matter because we're still making money, and it, good is good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's only when things get bad that they're you know put in this position. Yeah. And and it's super unfortunate, and it's very unfortunate for the people who are on the wrong end of it, mm-hmm. who are not getting any support from anywhere, really. I mean, some of these firms have severance packages and so on, obviously, but it's it's not great. And I think there's some hope always that folks will reach a point of retirement that, you know, maybe they can eke out the mm-hmm. good times and then retire on yeah, top, I mean, but some it, of, it just some doesn't of the, work that way all the time. Some of the layoffs were even preceded by voluntary buyouts, mm-hmm. um, and I suppose they didn't get quite the response they had hoped for because they were followed a couple of weeks later by, you know, well, involuntary right. layoffs. What, what a shock. People didn't want to take a voluntary buyout when the world is yeah. exploding around them, you know? I mean, yeah. that, that correct. Of course they wouldn't. Uh, True. Yeah, but, but it's it'll, real it'll bad. be very interesting to see how this shakes out over the next few weeks and even through the end of 2020, uh, because I do think how it all, I think it'll be very interesting to see what the end of the year bonuses look like, who's matching, if not now, but perhaps at the end of the year, uh, matching these special bonuses. Um, and I, So I think that we will have several months of sort of questions until we get those final bonus numbers. Yeah. Well, then we also had a story of there's an associate at Jones Day who's going to take a voluntary pay cut, it sounds like. Let's uh, let's repeat that one more time. Associate. There's an associate, associate. at Jones Day. Not, who, not of counsel. No. Not no, a partner. No, not even up for partner. No. 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 No, there's an associate at Jones Day who is apparently going to take a voluntary pay cut uh, in that she appears to be on the, you know, tied to the front of a railway engine that is pushing her into a lifetime federal appointment to the district court. Yeah. Again, associate. Yes. I mean, it, it, that is, that is beyond, that is beyond. 
And I believe she, for her trouble, despite a excellent pedigree um, for an associate, not an excellent pedigree for a federal judge, got an unqualified rating from the ABA. Yes. The, because she's an associate, I think. The ABA yeah. wrote what, I, I mean, I would characterize as a fairly scathing uh, mm-hmm. opinion uh, when they they look at people's records who are nominated to the federal bench and evaluate whether or not they'd be good at that job. Sure. Several of the nominees of the Trump administration have received not qualified ratings uh, because they are not qualified to be judges. And this is another one. And the argument here was actually so scathing because it wasn't pointed. Uh, We've had some not qualified ratings. Ghost hunters. Well, right. We've had some not qualified ratings where there's just ridiculous stuff going on. They're clearly like bonkers. This one was more scathing just on the grounds that that there isn't anything out of the ordinary. It's just, oh my God, she's she's a child. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And they... They it's like 15 had, years, frankly. They did the best they could, and that's actually what made it look worse. They tried mm-hmm. to play up her record as like, and well like, what was school. good about it. Yeah, when, when your nomination to the federal bench includes, well, in law school, she did a clinic, uh, that is not good. That is... That is that is damning. That, that's that is, not that particularly is, positive no. for your I'm ready to have a run lifetime a case. lifetime appointment, yeah. too. Right. That's not something like, oh, well, we can we can fix it. Ne- you know, if it's somebody else gets elected. Nope. Can't do it. Got to stick with it. And you have no idea how she'll actually perform because she's an associate. Right. It's it's who hasn't even practiced that long. She mostly most of her career right has been spent she, doing clerkships. She clerked last year. Last year. Well, I guess technically the Supreme Court season's over, so now it's a the year before last. But twenty nineteen. Yes, she clerked in twenty nineteen. She she was clerking in the summer of twenty nineteen. Yeah, that that's last year. Yeah, that's last yeah. year. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I, I, but, last yes. year she was clerking. Yeah, not practicing clerking. But uh, when this first happened, she was very low on the priority. There are several other judges who have to be who I mean, there's a there's an order to these things. Mm -hmm. But the decision was made in the Senate to move her up the list. Uh, There was a straight, uh, pretty straight partisan hearing where somehow uh, Senator Mike Lee in particular uh, attempted to put some lipstick on this thing and act (sighs) like he he talked about how shocked he was that she accomplished so much in her young life and i was like okay man uh <laughs> cool uh but cool cool but so it lo- it appears as though this is moving towards a vote we, we've already had over the last 48 hours tons of votes mm. on these uh apparently rather than you know stimulus packages or medicine or medical because advances people actually stuff. need during the yeah, pandemic no, we're, we're just no, we're just doing we need judges. an associate on the federal bench hey That's, you know i mean i that tracks that tracks in a lot of ways this is this feels very you know, to get very historical about the courts i mm-hmm. i feel like we are right now in the midst of the fact pattern of Marbury versus Madison <laughs> we we are quite we're straight in the middle of a party that is just giving judge judicial appointments till the clock runs out and that's all they're going to do. And you know, that's, that's where we are. What a time to be alive. Indeed. Well, uh, I think that sums us up for the week. Very busy week. Yeah, it was a busy busy week. week. Um, I I anticipate it continuing. Yeah. Um, We'll have more things to talk about next week. Yeah. And we, and we didn't even, we didn't even approach the latest bar exam. Oh, which, 
we don't need to get into, but we did have a, you know, about 15 hour period in which uh, New York banned without telling anybody really just banned half the folks trying to take the test from being able to use their computers. Uh, they have now reversed that. So we don't need to get too deep in the weeds on it. But uh, it was it, it was a it was what a time to be alive indeed, especially for those poor folks who have to deal with this day in, day out, and have had to deal with this day in, day out for months now. Uh, as I things keep getting delayed, so move glad to another I one, no cancel. The bar exam. It, it's, it's this year is going to be really, really rough. It's ridiculous and unfair, and yeah, we should be should be fixed. And unfortunately, it no won't one, be. no very few, I should say, very few people seem to have the motivation, motivation, yeah. or you know, or basic human concern to fix it. Anyway, whatever. So that that's that. So we're ending on a down note, but we began on bonuses, so it all balances out. Thank you all for listening. You should be subscribed to the show, of course. Give reviews, not just stars, but write something, recommend it to people. You know, we depend on that to get an audience built. You should be reading Above the Law, as always. You should be following. I'm at Joseph Patrice. She's at Catherine One. That's the numeral one, both at Twitter. You should be listening to the other podcasts in the uh, Above the Law universe. We have the ATL COVID cast talking about kind of unexpected ways in which law and COVID are impacting each other. And we have the Jabot, which is Catherine's show about diversity issues in the law. There's also the full panoply of shows from the Legal Talk Network that you should check out. Mm -hmm. And with all of that said, I think we're done. We will talk to you all next week. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. You can also find us at AboveTheLaw.com, ATLRedline.com, iTunes, RSS, Twitter, and Facebook. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.